Hey, welcome to another episode of Afikra's Outline Series. My name is Mikey Mhenna. Today on the series, we have special guest DJ Habib Beats. We're talking to him about his DJ career, but in particular, the project of creating a highly successful social media content creator platform. I hope you enjoy the conversation. As always, if you'd like to join in on the conversation, go over to afikra.com and join our community. Hope you enjoy it and see you soon. Welcome to another episode of Outline. Our special guest today is Ibrahim Habibits Abu Ali, who also goes by AB. He is a, a producer, creator, resident at Sirius XM. But I have first came across your work through social media uh, under the Instagram handle and on TikTok as DJ Habibits. Welcome, welcome to Africa's Outline series. Thank you for having me. Stoked to be here. So let's um, think, let's sort of fill in some of the gaps. As uh, longtime listeners know, Outline is a series all about process. And we're going to be sort of digging into the process of building a social media platform focused on music as a DJ in 2022 and what that really looks like. But before we get to that, um, outside of social media, what do you do? Like, what does your sort of non-social media um, life look like? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, so prior to this past year or so, um, it was mostly work and academic, you know, based. So I, I graduated college uh, undergrad in 2016. Um, from University of San Francisco, I had an economics degree, and then I, um, my family runs a cafe in San Francisco that I, I helped, uh, I helped run for a few years after that, and then, um, <clears throat> and then uh, 2018, I moved down to LA for law school. Um, so I originally was gonna, my my goal and my and my trajectory was to be a lawyer, um, and um, 2021 when I graduated law school was the same time that I sort of started to have this, um, I guess this, um, following grow on social media. And so since I've graduated law school, I actually have not practiced law at all. Um, and so for the past year or so, since I graduated, um, now my, my day-to-day consists fully of either anything DJ and music related. So whether that's prepping for a gig or for a radio show I'm doing, um, or it's making DJ related content or music content or working on um, produ- original production. I'm, I'm, I'm now trying to start making my own music and remix my own, you know, make, put out my own remixes and put out original stuff. So working on original production um, and sometimes working with um, brands for like sort of sponsored work on social media um, and anything in between. So that's kind <clears> of <throat> what my, uh, what my life consists of these days. Amazing. Yeah, you know, I, it's, as uh, I'm an avid follower, and so I noticed the the law school thing. Yeah, <laughs> and um, it reminded me. Of, I'm. Uh, it reminded me of you know the comedian Dimitri Martin. You know who that is? He's that a, name sounds really familiar. He's a stand up um, and really, really brilliant guy. And he went to. He was on a full ride at NYU Law School, and he dropped out the his last semester. And he was, his family was like furious with him. Yeah. He said, I went to law school to figure out what I wanted to do. And I figured out what I wanted to do. <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah, I could relate to that. Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's funny. Okay, so let's, let's talk a little bit about it. This is a, a little uh, non-conventional. So what I want to do before we actually get into some of the questions I want to showcase some of the videos that we're talking about. So for people who are not very familiar with what we're talking about. So I'm going to switch my screen share for a second um, and share a different screen that is your social media platform. And I'm going to share some of the older content that focuses on Arabic music. Um, So I think you're going to be able to hear this. So let's pick... Uh, one of, I think this is the Aaliyah clip. Let's listen to this, this one. Heritage Month, so welcome back to songs that sample Arabic music. Hi, hi, hi. 
Yo, yo, it is right. Arab. Let's listen to that one. Um, I'm trying to get this. There you go. This is better. All right. Let's listen oh, to this is the Aaliyah clip. Yo, yo, it is Arab American Heritage Month, so welcome back to songs that sample Arabic music. That's one of my favorites, man. Yo, yeah, yo, it is Arab American Heritage Month. So today we're doing songs that sampled Arabic music. Okay, so too good. You so gotta good. Give, you gotta give it to Timbaland, right? Oh my god, yeah. One of the greatest producers of all time, hands down. He dominates this uh um this genre of <laughs> yeah, for music. For sure. He's one of the like he's probably the the one producer that I've found who does it the most. Uh the, you know, most, <laughs> the most famous example. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, like, now that I think about it. Timbaland is like the dream Fikra uh, quarter tones, the guest. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> he probably knows more about Arabic music. He's like in the upper 0.1% of people who know about Arabic That's music. honestly true, dude. Like, he, um, what's the, the most famous one was, um, I'm 99% sure he produced um, Big Pimpin' by Jay-Z, um, which samples, I think that was actually probably the first or second in that series yeah. that I did, but it samples uh, Abdul Halim. Yeah. And so that's like, this yeah, Timbaland is just so incredible. Okay, cool. So let's let's get into this. Um, some of the before questions. So the structure of the interview is before, during, and after. Um, mm -hmm. Being able to build this type of following that's focused on deepening an appreciation of music and where things come from and source material. Um, so let's take a look at before. So the first question is. <laughs> what were you doing before you started this project? <laughs> so before before the sort of social media following? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> clearly, uh, there I am graduating law school. It's pretty funny that you have that picture. Um, but um, yeah, so immediately before I was, I was in law school. Um, but um, as far as the DJ, like, trajectory goes, I started DJing when I was about 13 14 um and i'm 27 now um so i was in the middle of high school like about sophomore ish year um and the trajectory of that goes that it, it had always been my biggest passion and um it was always something that i really poured a lot of my my effort into um and the thing that i probably the thing that i tried the hardest at um probably harder than school and harder than it most other things. Um, but, um, you know, it, it progressed sort of naturally, you know, I started doing sweet 16s and family birthdays and uh, graduation parties and church parties. And, you know, then I, then I eventually started doing weddings and, and it, when I became 21, I started doing bars and clubs. Um, and it was always something I, I always, always loved. And I was doing it during law school, um, up until I graduated and then pandemic hit, um, and that's when I started, started posting any DJ content really online. I had posted DJ content online before, but, um, prior to pandemic, I, I didn't really have a focus on posting anything online. That wasn't my, my, you know, obviously my main thing was DJing in real life and, and outside and in, in front of people live and, and, yeah. you know, providing a good experience that way. So that was my focus before the pandemic. I feel like, do you have older siblings? I'm the oldest of four. That's interesting. That's that's very surprising to me. Because, Why do you say that? <laughs> yeah, because your musical taste betray your age. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's probably because of my, my like influences when it comes to DJing and, and yeah. you know, music. So I was taught how to DJ by my uncle. Um, and there it is. He, okay. Yeah. So he had been a DJ since he was a teenager. Um, and, um, so I think a lot of stuff that I grew up listening to was dif different than your average kid, probably because my uncle was not only putting me on to, you know, break beats from the eighties and stuff like that, but he was also putting me onto a lot of Adobe music and like all kinds of world music, right? Because at this point he had done, he'd done every event, you know, known to man. So he'd, he'd introduced me to Persian music and Greek music and eighties break beats and house music from the nineties and you know, whatever it might be. And so every time I'd visit him, he would just like, you know, download like a thousand songs onto my iPod or whatever. And then I just go home and listen. And, uh, and I think that's, that's probably a part of why, you know, you, you're thinking what you're thinking. Yeah. What is, so uh, we were talking before the call, you were telling me that you grew up or you're from, from the Bay area. Yep. What sort of the musical landscape of the Bay area insofar that, as like, and what role is, does Arabic music play in that landscape? That's an interesting question. No one's ever asked me a question like that before. Um, well, the Bay area as a musical landscape is in my opinion, one of the most vibrant and incredible musical landscapes in the world. Um, I don't know how familiar you are with like Bay Area hip hop yeah, and rap rap sure. music, but it's yeah. it's 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 a, an entire sure. exactly it's an entire culture and world and ecosystem unto itself, right? So you've got legends like Too Short and E40 and uh, Mr. Fab and Keek the Sneak and like there's a whole pantheon of just like yeah, incredible. You can also claim Tupac. Go for it. Yeah, there you go. Um, so it just, yeah, being born and raised in the Bay is like, I feel like such a special privilege. Um, and it really influenced me like musically to all kinds of different sounds. I would say that I guess like how it relates to Arabic music. That's an interesting one. You know, I grew up fortunately around a really tightly knit, large Palestinian community. Um, so I think that was probably a big influence, you know, I was always, you know, attending events and parties and, um, all kinds of things. And so that was, and that was, so that was big. Um, but I guess the Bay area in general, I guess what I love about growing up there was that the Bay area is a super, um, like the music is, is highly dance oriented. Whereas like not all music, especially hip hop music is necessarily orient oriented towards dancing. And like, I feel like the Bay area hip hop definitely is, and so um, the other thing about Bay Area music is that it 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 does it's not afraid to explore um, non-standard sounds, um, you know, different different genres and different ideas, and it, they're they're not afraid to get a little bit a, a little weird with it. And you know, as someone who was exposed to like a lot of different music as a kid, like that was really cool for me because I think it gave me the confidence as a DJ to to get a little weird with it sometimes. And you know, so that's yeah. that's the, that and also helpful. the confidence to dance. That's it. Um, okay, let's talk about the sort of, if you were to like think of a moment where you're like, oh, I actually want to start not necessarily only posting stuff online, but I think I want to um, not just uh, not just like upload DJ content, but upload stuff that's like kind of interesting and gets people thinking and gets people to um like not just like see me scratch or see me mix or, uh, or beat juggle or whatever. Yeah. There's kind of two moments um, that I can remember vividly, which are so January of 2021, I was, you know, stuck inside. It was still like kind of peak pandemic. I don't even think we'd gotten the vaccines or anything yet. And it was really like, you can't leave your house, you know? Um, and me being someone who's, you know, I feel like I'm pretty social and like always used to DJing events and being out on weekends and stuff. I was kind of going a little stir crazy. So um, I needed some way to like output creativity, something, you know, just, just for myself to just like do something. Um, I was also in zoom law school at the time, finishing up law school. So I'm like, like just, you know, in my room all day <laughs> on my computer all day. And I needed something to do. Um, and so 
I remember vividly listening to, um, there was a moment. So, okay, let me think how, how did this go down? I had created a TikTok because I thought to myself, that could be cool. You know, post some short form content, like the, the kind of the way I thought to myself was all this stuff that I put on my stories on Instagram that my friends don't really care about, but I nerd out about, I'll put that on TikTok and like, you know, maybe someone will like it. Uh, and so I made a TikTok and I, and I posted a few things of me, you know, doing mashups and maybe a little finger drumming video or whatever it might be. And, and, you know, I didn't really think anything of it and I didn't really gain any sort of traction or anything like that, nor, nor was I aiming to. Um, and one day I was listening to um, the Ariana Grande song, Good Night and Go, which is a great song. And uh, that song is a cover of an Imogen Heap song from like 2005. And so I thought to myself, oh, I, I, you know, these kids on TikTok who are like 13, 14, probably have no idea that this Ariana Grande song covered this song from, you know, when they were born or before they were born. Which, first of all, I was wrong about there only being kids on TikTok. Everyone is on TikTok. But at the time, I was like new and I thought it was for kids. I didn't really understand. And um, so I posted a short video just sort of showcasing that. And it was just like, hey, do you know this song? And I played it on one turntable. And it was the Ariana Grande song. And I said, well, did you know that it's actually a cover of this other song? And then I played the other song. And that video, like, got a ton of views overnight. Um, and a ton of comments. And I must have gained, like, when I tell the story, I, I'm not exactly sure, but I always say I must have gained like 10,000 followers in one day on TikTok, which, which was like mind blowing. Like, I literally didn't even think about it. I was just like throwing it up there. I was yeah. like, maybe, maybe someone will find it interesting. Cause that's something you would have posted on Instagram stories and you're, you know, a thousand friends. Seen, seen yeah. It. Yeah. Like I thought about it two ways. There was like, one is that it's something that I'm, you know, maybe would have posted on my stories that, you know, some of my friends would find interesting or two. Um, this was also like around the time that I was, uh, teaching my youngest brother how to DJ. And, um, I had was always like, cause he's, you know, a lot younger than me. He's 17. So there's like a lot of stuff that musically he wasn't around for. So, so I, uh, I'm always trying to show him things like that. Like, Oh, your favorite song is actually a sample. <laughs> um, you know, just cause I don't know, he, he's into music and DJing and all that stuff. So I'm trying to educate him. And so I kind of thought to myself, like, that's probably something I would tell my brother, you know? Um, so yeah, I don't know. I just didn't think of it. I posted it and it went crazy. And then so that was like, I guess, moment one was just kind of deciding to make a TikTok in order to just creatively output, but I never really thought anything of it. And then moment two was when that, that video went crazy. And then I thought to myself, um, wow, I could do that again. So, um, so then I, then I had more of a concerted effort, um, to like keep doing it. Cool. Amazing. Um, what was the first version of the name? I love looking at names. <laughs> um, I think, I think the very first version was just DJ AB, which was, you know, everyone calls me AB at some point. Uh, I hate admitting this, but at some point it was honest, Abe, DJ, honest, Abe, which I really did not like. Um, but now that now it's out there. <laughs> that's so funny but like had you been using this moniker before social media yes 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 okay. i'd been using dj habibi since probably um 2014 or 15 um so five six years before maybe six seven years before i ever posted anything on tiktok for me when i see this type of name if I were in California and I was like going to some party or I saw, I was like, I saw like, Oh, this is being, uh, you know, like DJ Habibits is using this. I would think, Oh, they're going to be spinning a lot of Arabic music. You know, were you it's so sorry, go ahead. No, were you, were you actually spinning Arabic music, like sneakily trying to, to get it into your sets or not really at all? Not at all. Mm. It was just so funny you say that because <clears throat> so on the one hand, I mean, you're right. If I saw that, I'd probably think the same thing. But for some reason, I didn't think about that when I settled on this name. Um, and what's funny is most, not most, but a lot of non-Arabs 
don't even recognize that it's like a play on the word Habibi. They just think my name is Hobby. <laughs> and then Jeez. it's like Hobby space beats. So, but you know, it's when I made the name though, I, all I know is that I, I've always been very proud to be Arab and I've always, that's a big part of my identity. And, um, I, I wanted to include that in my you know, artistic expression. Um, but it's funny you say that because I never really played any Arabic music. Yeah. We sort of talked about this already. Um, but I want to dig in a little more into this sort of like light bulb moment. Sure. The second video, the second, where did the sample come from? Did it also kill or were you like, Oh no, that didn't work. I got to figure out what worked about the first one. It, it was pretty crazy. So the second one also killed and I must've gotten another 10,000 followers in like a day. Just for, just for uh, perspective, how long had you had an Instagram up until this point? An Instagram since, since 2012 or 13. And how many followers did you have on Instagram? Maybe 2,500. Okay. So like in two videos, you like <laughs> 10x <laughs> your Instagram followers. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and that was like an Instagram that I'd had for like nine years or something. Um, yeah, because TikTok was a brand new, I mean, <clears throat> now it's very clear. You can see Instagram has sort of copied TikTok with the reels. Um, yeah. But the format of TikTok was like brand new. Like the, the idea that it's not at all about who you're following and we're just going to show you random videos, but somehow these videos cater to you and you're interested to them. It was like a whole new format. So um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. So the second one hit just as hard, if not harder. And then I was like, okay, I can do a third one. So I did a third one. And I nerd about, I nerd out about, you know, sample stuff and music stuff for a living. I, I, I love yeah. this stuff. So, so I was like, I could do this all day. So I started, I started posting three videos a day. Um, yeah, I started watching three videos a day too. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Appreciate you. Um, and I did that for about two months, I would say three videos a day in between zoom law school classes. So I'd finish class on zoom and immediately like fire up the turntables, put up my phone, you know, make a video and post it. And, um, at the end of two months of doing three videos a day, I was probably around 500,000 followers on TikTok. Um, wow. it was That's just crazy. pretty unreal every single day for two months. I just couldn't believe what was happening. So when this is happening, are your like long-term priorities shape-shifting immediately or are you like this is not real easy come easy go this doesn't mean anything for my life at first i was of the opinion that this is not real and this doesn't mean anything like i i was just like this is nice and this is fun and cool but i'm definitely not gonna give up <laughs> any of my other long-term like i'm still going to be a practicing attorney have a nine to five job and on the side, like I'll post some cool content on TikTok. That's fine. I don't, you know, that's how I thought of it at first. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to ask you maybe a question. Sure. Um, this question, who are the five unlisted co-founders that have informed your work, but you've never met? I'm going to change the question. Okay. Who are you sampling? Who are you as a B sampling? Like, who is actually inspiring the way you coming across that? We're all synthesizing other information, right? Yeah, yeah. Other creators, other producers, other DJs, other yeah. people in general. Who is so who, actually influencing you? I like the, the way you phrased the question. Who am I sampling? That's a good question. <clears throat> That's a great question. I would say... Um, the list is probably more than five people. It's probably endless, but, but a, some of my favorite producers, um, you know, are a huge influence on me. And so that's gotta be Timbaland and Pharrell and well, the Neptunes generally too. So can't forget about Chad Hugo, um, Kanye West. Um, and, and the list of, just general amazing producers is like one 
one bucket, right? So I, because I've always aspired to to get into production, and so that's that's a huge one. Um, and then you know, DJ wise, there's so many so many talented DJs that I look up to and that I am inspired by, um, and some of them are renowned DJs that have won awards and accolades and some are just guys that I know, you know, that, that are just incredible at what they do. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, on the DJ side, currently people who, I mean, there's all so many people, I don't, I, I don't want to leave anyone out. There's so many names, but, but off the top of my head, some people who, who inspire me, you know, recently are, there's a DJ named Four color Zach, um, who's in my opinion, one of the most talented DJs I've ever heard play. Um, and then, um, recently my buddy named Omar, um, he on Instagram, it's just Omar makes music, but, um, he just goes by Omar on SoundCloud and he's a producer and DJ. Uh, and he's been really influential for me recently because he, uh, he's Indian and he, uh, includes a lot of his heritage and the music that he makes. So he'll sample Bollywood music and stuff. And, and, you know, and it's just so cool to see that. And it really inspires it's, it has inspired me lately to really um, connect my DJ world with my Arab heritage. Um, Cause that's something I, like you said before, I didn't really even connect. I didn't really ever play Arabic music or anything like that. So now I'm finally beginning to kind of meld those worlds together very much because of Omar. Um, um, and then, and then there's just, you know, musical artists that I, that I find incredible. Um, again, there's so many to name, but I guess what I really love about, about certain musical artists that I really look up to and that I, you know, that I sort of get inspired by is that especially the artists that do what they do unapologetically and very specifically and uniquely like this is their sound yeah you know i love that about artists like i my my sort of peeve is when an artist sounds just like 50 other artists you know what i mean like of course that's there's nothing wrong with that inherently and there's a lot of artists that i love that are like that um but my my sort of you know the most inspiring thing for me from artists is when they, when they don't sound like anyone else, when you hear it and you, yeah. that's, that's so-and-so and you know, and they stick to their guns as far as what they want to do creatively and they believe in it. And so that's really inspiring for me. I mean, I like one of my biggest influences is Magic Jordan. Um, are you aware of Magic Jordan? No. Um, they're a duo from Toronto. Actually one's from Toronto and the other is from Kuwait. Can you say the name again? Yeah. Majid Jordan. Majid. Okay, cool. Nice. Yeah. So one is Majid and one is Jordan. (laughs) Uh, Majid sings and Jordan produces. Um, I think Majid is from Kuwait or Bahrain. I can't remember. Um, But then um, Jordan's from Toronto and they're, they're under Drake's label. They're part of like OVO. Oh yes. I have heard about these guys. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah, Yeah. If you've ever heard the Drake song, uh, just hold on, we're going home. Yeah. They they produce that song and and yeah, yeah, yeah. I have heard about those. these guys. Yeah, so, so they're a mate. They're oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. no. I, I have a. I want to ask you a, a bunch of questions about, um, you know, like one of the things you're like listening all. It's so interesting, like hearing you speak about this because it's very clear to me that you still think of yourself primarily as a DJ, mm. right, and a and a producer and stuff like that, right. Mm. But a huge part of your work is like producing content, which yeah. is a different skill set. And, and in some ways, it's like an adjacent skill set that's yeah. complementary. But it's like there are a ton of amazing DJs who are neither good at producing social media content and or interested in it. Um, yeah. You are simultaneously good at it and interested in it, in addition to being a good DJ, right? So. It's interesting to me that I'm like, who who is inspiring your work? And you're like, I don't, I'm not even paying attention. No one's inspiring my social media stuff. It's almost like it's an afterthought to you. That's a really interesting way of putting it. Um, <laughs> you know, I think that's right. I, I don't, I don't, I hope that doesn't sound arrogant or, or like, like what I put out into the world is an afterthought because it's a not. 
Um, what I do is I, I take it real seriously and I, and I put a lot of effort into it, but I don't, I'm not inspired really, at least not actively, maybe at some subconscious level, but I don't think of my inspirations as any form of like content creators. Um, because I never, it's funny. I never, I never ever aimed to be a content creator. Um, it kind of happened by accident and, and what I always wanted was just to do what I love and love what I do and focus on this, the things that I like. And, and it just so happens that that resonated with people. Um, but, but it's funny because yeah, I, I remember actively thinking to myself when I started posting, I was like, I was like, okay, the last thing I'm going to do is try and make some really elaborate video with a bunch of edits and cuts and flips and da, da, da. like, I don't, yeah. I don't care to do that. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to spend any time editing. I want to spend as little time editing as possible. I just want so, which is why all my videos for the most part are just one shot. It's just like the camera's on me. Yeah. I talk <laughs> and I do my thing and there's really no editing involved. Like it's not really like content content in that way, you know? Yeah. I mean? And that's, I mean, this is one of the things that what I wanted to ask you about is somehow it's like you've hit the sweet spot because there are people that it's very obvious that they are, they're reading some formula. Or they're following some recipe where they're like, oh, this is what I need to do. So I will do these flips and I'll do these edits and I'll use these competitions and I'll use these gimmicks and gimmick, 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 right? And it's like so inauthentic. It may work, you know, uh, much to the audience's chagrin, it like actually works on us. Um, but for you, you're like <laughs> so authentic. <laughs> so authentic. It's like, like, it's like the, the, the thing I have on screen, right? Yeah. There are two different videos clearly recorded back to back. You have the yep. same <laughs> shirt on. You're not trying to like stretch it. You're just like, yeah, I did these back to back, same camera angle. Here you yep. go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like I, I, I kind of like, it's so funny you put it that way. I never thought about it, but, but um, yeah, dude, like I would make, five, six, seven videos in the same outfit. I would just sit there and just make as many as I could until I got annoyed or tired, not annoyed, but like, you know, I'd get tired of it and I'd be like, okay, that's enough for today. Um, and, and, um, yeah, I, I didn't ever try and follow any real formula. What's funny is the formula that even seems like I even have one was also an accident. And so the formula of like, me opening up being like, yo, yo, welcome back to da, 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 da. Yeah. Was not intentional. I did that yeah. like on one, I did it on one or two videos and, and then I started getting, and then I stopped for a few videos and I got a bunch of comments being like, what happened to the yo, yo. <laughs> and <clears throat> so then I was like, oh, okay. So I guess I'll include that. <laughs> so that also just kind of happened by accident, you know? Yeah. Um, that's hilarious. Yeah. How do you feel? So I've been thinking about fame a lot. Okay. And okay. I have this theory about fame. Okay. And I want to run it by you as somebody who has become, uh, you know, like a TikTok and Insta famous within uh, by accident, right? Yeah. If, if yeah. you'll allow me to say that, right? So yeah, yeah, like, please. Right. So this is my this is my question about fame. I feel like there is a um, finite number of people who can ever understand you. And it's like, it's, it's because of a proximity thing. Like, it's just like, how many people are like directly surrounding you? They're so proximate to you that they can actually see the shape of your features and understand your facial expressions and under, begin to deeply understand you, right? Mm-hmm. And even that is really, really hard. Like, it's just like five or six people. And even they have this infidelity between the truth, right? Them and the truth, mm-hmm. right? As you become famous, what ends up happening is like all these layers of people begin to see you mm. and it's, they're like not proximate at all. They're like very, very distant. Right. Mm. And my theory is that as you become more famous, what ends up happening is the number of people who misunderstands you increases. And that's it. Like people don't get to know you. They get to like just misunderstand. You. Interesting. Um, 
that I think is accurate to an extent. Um, I mean, it's funny, the interactions that I have with people who don't know me, but who know me online. Yeah. Right. So people who have seen my content and, and they come up to me and they go, Oh, you're DJ Habibits. I follow you. I love your content. Da, da, da. Um, most of the time it's, it's a very positive interaction. Yeah. And, and if not all the time. And, um, but I, on some, on some level, the, the people, those people do understand me. I feel like, or at least they understand what my interests are to some extent, but you are right in that they really don't know anything about me other than what I kind of post online. Right. And, um, it's funny because <laughs> especially when people come up to me and they want to like, and it totally makes sense that they want to discuss samples or discuss music or yeah. whatever niche thing that they want to discuss. But it's like, it's just like, I don't always, it's not like I talk about that 24 seven. I'm just like a human being. Yeah. Like I'm not just going around talking about samples, <laughs> um, but it's funny because you know, sometimes when those people meet me, that's like all they want to talk about. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't know. It's interesting. I, I definitely do get, um, you know, sort of haters online and just people who, you know, talk shit in the comments or, you know, whatever. And, yeah. and that was something that I definitely expected you know, I, I figured, you know, I, I, I've been on the internet long enough. I know that, you know, when you get a certain size or when your content gets out there, people are going to start, those people come out, you know, <clears throat> and, um, that's always an interesting one too. Um, those people, I feel like very much misunderstand me. Um, but I don't know, it doesn't bother me. It is what it is. <clears throat> so I want, like, if you were to describe in like one sentence, what you think what you think you do is I have a sentence, but I'm curious to know what your sentence is. What I do just hold all of it or just on no, social no, no. media, social media. I somebody is like, Hey, follow this account. Yeah. Like what is the actual vision of this account? What is the purpose of it? What I do is that, um, I'm a DJ and producer and music lover that creates content based around music that usually involves a lot of samples, mashups, interesting music. And, uh, I don't know, something like that. <laughs> um, I guess it's probably what I was, I never thought about it. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, so my version of this, if I were to ask it, if I were to try to describe it to somebody, I would say like the reason why I started following you and continue to look at your stuff and enjoy it is because it's like, it's almost like you're trying to like get people to become music nerds. Right. Mm. And to sort of see the, like the DNA, the ingredients of, of a song. Like you think, you know, the song, I'm not going to actually show you the stems. Right. But I'm going to show you like the, the people who made this were nerds. They were music nerds. Yeah. And they're referencing all this cool stuff. Yeah. And it's totally lost on most people. Yeah. But like, if you like the song, you might want to know. And it, that goes for the samples. It goes for the, um, the lyrics that you're doing these days. It goes for a bunch of different stuff. Mm. Yeah, I'd say that's accurate. Um, I think one of my favorite parts about DJing and interacting with people through music is that I get to um, expose them to things that they might not know or they might not have heard and, and particularly things that they, they, I think they'd like. Um, so, you know, like when I, when I am playing new music at a club that, you know, most people haven't heard or something like that and, and they vibe with it, that's a really really um awesome moment for me um and or when people tell me oh i've never heard this song and i heard you play it and i fell in love with it like you know that that i love that so um yeah i think there's a big part of, of a big part of it is just like wanting to spread the joy of it you know with yeah. people what you mentioned earlier about like great djs yeah. um in your in your estimation like what defines a great dj what that's uh, this is a great picture. That's my buddy Segundo. He's uh, also one of my favorite DJs. His uh, his Instagram is the Candy Rain. Um, 
for anyone watching, but um, what defines a great DJ? There's a lot of things. Um, and there's, there's a lot of different ways to be a great DJ. Um, and I think it just depends on um, sort of people playing to their strengths. Right. So there's a, there's infinite buckets of DJs, but for simplicity's sake, you've got like on one end of the spectrum, um, maybe turntablists who are incredible at the physical act of DJing, right? They are, they utilize the, the hardware in front of them in such a way that's like, what am I even watching? It's all, it's like watching a magician or something. It's, it's like, like a circus juggler. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's literally like, a, it's like, it's like those jugglers who are juggling 20 things at once, you know, like that's yeah. what these guys are doing and they're scratching and they're pulling and they're fading and they're cutting and they're, and they're juggling the beat and it's like, they're flipping around and under the, it's like crazy. So that's the technical side of it. That's really incredible. And then there's the side of it that is, I always describe it as almost like psychology or like this sounds maybe silly to say, but almost like behavioral science is the other side of it. And what that means is your ability to read the room and set the vibe, right? Because at the end of the day, most of the time when you're DJing at any normal event, it's like a bar or a club or a wedding or whatever you're doing, um, your primary goal and function is to um, make sure the people there have a great time. And you don't know these people most of the time. They're people that you've never met. Um, so you have to be really good at understanding who's in front of you really quickly and what kind of stuff will make them happy um, and how to deliver it in a way that makes sense, right? So that's sort of the other side of things where it's like you're really good at song selection, at reading who's in front of you. You go, oh, okay, I know these people are going to love this song. And then you play it and you're correct. They do love the song. <laughs> you know what I mean? So... Um, that's sort of the other one, one other way you can be incredible at DJ. The best DJs have both of those skills, right? They're, they're phenomenal at reading the crowd and they have the technical skills to make it really interesting. Um, but, and then some DJs just have an incredible presence. Some of them are really, really just charismatic and they, they talk on the mic a lot and they're really fun and they make you feel cool. And, and so there's a lot of different ways to be a good DJ, but, um, for me personally, like I would say, I, I do not, I'm not, I don't identify in the turntablist um, column. I'm decent on like, I, I can mix well for sure. And I can, I can scratch decently, but I'm not doing any complicated beat juggling routines where I think that I shine is song selection, curation, um, you know, depth of knowledge. And, and, and I think I, I can just, um, I, I feel like I provide an interesting um, soundscape that maybe other DJs might not, you know, in a different way, in my own way. Um, but there's, there's a way for every DJ to be great in their own niche. Yeah. Did you like, from your estimation, if, um, yeah, from your perspective, if you, if you're like having, you throw a, you're DJing a party, right. Or mm -hmm. any, any one of these events, you know, wedding, barbecue, bar, uh, a party doesn't matter right mm -hmm. if everyone seems to have an amazing time mm -hmm. and no one seems to notice that you did a that you played a role in that mm -hmm. is that like the pinnacle <clears throat> of success um like that's an interesting they question they didn't even realize the way that you were sort of like massaging them into having a good time Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, there's no need for the crowd to realize what's happening. Like as long as they're having a good time, like, cause most of the time when DJs are doing really technical things on turntables, people aren't fully on comprehending what's, what's happening. Um, but they know that it sounds really good and that they're, that they're enjoying themselves. And yeah. so I think that's, that's definitely the most important thing. Okay, cool. I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, some of the Arabic stuff and the Arab yeah, world. Because sure. um, up until the social media uh, sort of phase of your of the last couple of years for you, um, I would imagine that the amount of interaction that you had with a Middle Eastern audience and Arab audience was pretty low. Um, 
Yeah, outside of my sort of the community of Palestinians that I grew up around, yeah, pretty low. So then, right, you you become you gain this traction, and because TikTok's algorithms are really effective, and because Instagram algorithms are really effective, and because your handle is Habibits, right? Yep. You start to get this like traction in the Arab world, I would imagine, right? Yeah, definitely more so than before. So, like, what has the reaction been in, from from the Arab world? Like, have all of a sudden are you like being are DJs from the region reaching out to you, artists from the region reaching out to you? Um, I think the reaction, by and large, has just been um, that I have a lot more sort of of a following from people you know who identify as Arab. And from that region or maybe from the u.s or from wherever but like they're you know they're ethnically middle eastern um i think it wasn't until recent very recently about a month ago uh, when i had uploaded a remix that i made of a of a nancy ajaram song um that then i started getting reached out um reached out to by arab djs um from you know, United Arab Emirates or Lebanon or wherever being like, can you send me this remix? This is amazing. Is that like the Brazilian, the, the Brazilian? Matchup? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it, it wasn't a mashup. It was a, it was a, so I, I did the production on all of the beat. Um, so that's oh, all, nice. yeah, that's all original. And then I, and then I just took the Nancy Ajram snippet and, and remixed it. But, um, but yes, that was sort of my first foray into production. And I'm really, I've been really, really pleased with the response it's gotten from like a lot of the Arab world. Um, people have been hitting me up about it left and right, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I would say mostly I just got generally like more of a audience of Arabs. Um, yeah. And what's funny is like, I, you know, like I played in <laughs> uh, December, December, when was it? March, uh, March, I think I was in, um, Toronto, which I'd never been. It was my first time to Canada. And I went to Toronto and I played a show and all these Arabs came <laughs> and they were like, so nice. They were like, they're like, man, if you need anything, like my mom just made Mensef at home, like come <laughs> on by. Like, it was like the nicest. <laughs> um, and so like, it, I, I never really before had sort of like any sort of Arab audience or Arab following and, and, um, now it seems like I do, which is, which is cool. Do you feel like that's like kind of your calling card at this point where you're thinking to yourself, okay, if I keep on producing beats, this is sort of like a niche where I have access to this whole sort of catalog of, um, Arab samples and that are not sort of like for, they don't, they're not foreign to me because I grew up listening to them. Right. Yeah. Um, in some ways, yeah, I definitely never want to pigeonhole myself, you know, as like, I only do this one thing or I don't want to limit my idea. Cause I, I think when I start telling myself that I have to stick in one lane or another, then, then, then you can accidentally cut off creative ideas. Um, so I don't necessarily want to like say that I'm that only or this or that, but, but certainly like that's been a huge inspiration for me because, because I love my heritage and I, and I love my identity and I love being Arab. And so I want to share that in my art. Um, at the same time too, it's cool because me bringing in Arab sounds and remixing them in my own way or doing what I do with them is in my opinion, something that I haven't really heard before. Um, at least not the way that like I recently did this remix. Like that was a new sound in, for me, you know, as I took a, classic Arabic song remix it with this Brazilian style like that in a way that can still it's still accessible to American clubs um and and so a part of me just is excited that 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 my ability to like take from this music that I grew up with and infuse it with the stuff that I'm currently inspired by um is a new and unique take uh, and a new and unique sound. Cause the sort of last thing that I would ever want for my own production or my own art is to just sound like some one, you know, just some, some guy who just sounds like 
a hundred other producers. You know, I don't want to sound just like anyone else. I, I'd like to sound unique. Yeah. Um, at what point in the process over the last couple of years did you decide, all right, law school out, music, production, everything else, <laughs> full time? Yeah, it was probably right around the time that I graduated um, because I had graduated and I was studying for the bar exam. And I, I was probably around 700,000 followers on TikTok, I believe. And TikTok themselves had reached out to me um, because they were starting a new radio station um, on Sirius XM called TikTok Radio. And they wanted me to be um, one of the in-house DJs on the station. And they wanted to sign me for like a year-long contract. And um, so that was like one of the first moments where I kind of thought to myself like, maybe there's something here. Like maybe I have a real offer on the table, a real job, a real, there's sort of opportunities, more and more opportunities were coming my way. Um, the world started to sort of reopen a little bit and things. And, and so I just kind of felt to myself, you know, if, if there was ever the perfect sort of situation to take a leap of faith and just try and pursue your passion, I told myself, this is a pretty good position to be in. Like I have a, a platform, I have an offer for a, a job. I have this, I have that. So I said, you know what, I'm going to just go for it. And, and I'm, I'm, so, I'm still going to take the bar exam. Uh, and I passed, um, which I was really surprised by because <laughs> I did nice. not study as, I didn't study as much as I should have, but, uh, but I passed. So I said, I still take the bar, but, I, but I'm going to try and do this sort of DJ music thing for maybe six months to a year. And if it fails, it fails. And I can just go be a lawyer. And if not, then maybe I can do my passion for my job for the rest of my life, you know, and like make something out of it. And so I kind of, that's the moment sort of that I decided. Cool. Yeah. Do you know, do you know the rapper Anis? I do. So Anis and you have a similar story. Do you know, do you know that? I, he, I, I don't, I don't know him personally. I know of him yeah. and, and I've heard something similar. I've heard that. I've heard that he also was in law school and. Yeah. He became a lawyer. I interviewed him like a long time ago. He's the brother of a friend of mine. Um, shout out to Naila. Um, and he has he had a really similar story so it's crazy um i feel like there should be a there should be a, a collab yeah it's funny i i like have i have mutual friends with him but, I, but I've, I've never met him but i gotta i gotta hit up that guy yeah you should yeah um you should former former palestinian american lawyers living in the world of hip-hop <laughs> here we are <laughs> um Okay, cool. We have a question from Zaina in the chat. Um, but before before we get to Zaina, let me ask you what what are you doing next? And let me ask you a question: How many songs do you have lined up right now? Like how many like video ideas do you have lined up at any one time? You know, it, it's funny. I have like a lot lined up in the sense of like. I keep notes on my phone. Like anytime I just think of something, I go, Oh, that'd be a good video. You know? And I write it down and there's a lot there and, and I end up making a lot of them, but I don't always end up posting them. So yeah, I don't know. I would say not, not a crazy amount. I also try not to, it's so funny, this whole push and pull of the whole process. Like at first, when I first started doing it, it was really much on a whim. It was like, what do I feel like doing right now in the moment? Yeah. What am I excited about? And then I started trying to plan it out more. And when I started planning it out more, I noticed that it, it didn't really communicate as well. It didn't really get as much of a, as much of a viewing or as much of a, as much love or whatever. And I don't know, there's something to me about that sort of spontaneity of just like, I have an idea, let's go for it. Um, yeah. So I try my best to just try and come up with things or, or come up with ideas or sort of do stuff day by day. Um, and I try not to plan it out too meticulously because then it feels a little too structured for me and just a little too, um, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but I, I feel better. And I feel like the content does better when it's really just like something that I'm stoked about right now. It's so funny. You have this incessant and like refreshing um, allergy 
to behaving like a content creator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very funny, man. Like <laughs> you're like, I will not do <laughs> I will not succumb. I, it, it, because I think that's, I don't want to kill my creativity and a lot the beauty of the creativity sometimes is that it just hits you. Sometimes something hits you an idea or whatever. And you just that there's, you got a window of time and you just run with it. And and I, I think planning ahead just makes it too much like I'm, it feels like I have deadlines and I'm in an office and I, oh, I've got corporate. A, I'm corporate. Yeah. I don't want to go corporate. Like, uh, so I don't know. <laughs> and so funny. So cool. Um, okay. We got a question from Zana in the chat. I'm going to read both of them. Uh, how important is the DJ name? Will it uh, really make or break your career? That's the first one. And the second one is what are your top three tips for someone who is starting their DJ career? Um, okay. The first one about a DJ name, honestly, I don't think that a DJ name will make or break you, um, within reason, obviously don't, you know, if you don't have a name, that's like going to offend anyone, you know, that's a bad idea. Um, but uh, like you look at some of the biggest names out there and their names probably sounded dumb or whatever when they first started but once you become you know sort of have an audience and a following and you're doing your thing like it doesn't matter like dead mouse like i feel like if my buddy came to me and was like hey my dj name's gonna be dead mouse i'd probably be like i, I don't know like but i mean dead mouse is one of the biggest djs ever right and it's like no one questions that name um I would say like the one thing that I personally would say as someone who has a name that's like sometimes gets misunderstood or mispronounced um, would, would be maybe have a name that's like accessible and just easy for people to understand off the bat, easy for people to type, easy for people to say, you know what I mean? Just for ease of search and ease of use. Um, don't make your name unnecessarily long, you know, don't make it complicated. Just, just quick and easy. You know, one of my favorite DJ names ever DJ drama. I love DJ drama. I love his mixtapes. I love his name. DJ drama is like so simple that you know the word. It's easy to say. It sounds cool. DJ drama. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I wouldn't think too hard about it. Just make sure it's, it's, it's like accessible. Um, the second question was three I, tips. Yeah. Three tips for someone who's starting a DJ career. Hmm. That's a tough one. Um, it really depends, you know, on the person and I think what their individual strengths and weaknesses might be, but one, you have to know your music. Um, you know, you have to know the, the music that you're playing front and back, right? You have to know when the chorus is coming in and when the, you know, when the break is coming in like because in order to mix well you have to understand your music that you're playing so make sure you listen to it all and two okay this is an important one two is that djs especially in their beginning of their careers often um misunderstand their role or what what they're there to do and and you have to remember that you are there in service to the people who are there to party and have fun or whatever. So your job is to make them happy. Your job is not to play some niche uh, drum and bass from 1994 underground garage. Like when it's just, when they just want to hear like top 40 music, you know what I mean? Um, so a lot of DJs who get really, really into whatever niche that they love, I think um, sometimes lose lose the crowd because they they they're there. they think the crowd's there for them, <laughs> but the crowd's not there for you when you're just starting out. You know, you're there for the crowd, and so it's a service job. So you have to make sure that you're you're making them happy. Um, and then the third thing I would say is that to remember that there are no strict rules about DJing. Um, there are obviously basic rules about how to be on beat and mix on beat and, and those sorts of things because it'll just sound bad otherwise. But by and large, like the only rule when it comes to DJing is, is the crowd having fun. 
And so you don't, I think a lot of DJs when they first start, they stress really hard about like, when is the right moment in the song that I need to start mixing into the next song or, or, or should I have an order of songs or, or they, they try and meticulously craft everything so that it's perfect. And I always tell them that there's no such thing. Um, and really you got to just feel out the crowd and whatever you do, just make sure they're having a good time and the energy's up and, and that's what's going to matter the most at the end of the day. No amount of like meticulous planning is really going to just substitute for your ability to just like vibe with the people in front of you and have that human interaction. Amazing. Well, uh, we're out of time. Uh, AB, thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate your time and your perspective. It's really fun to sort of pull back the curtain on this stuff. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. All right, everyone, this is going to show up on our podcast feed and on social media and on YouTube tomorrow. So if you know folks who would enjoy this, be sure to share it. All right, everybody. Peace. Peace. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you'd like to learn more about what we do, go to hafikita.com where you can learn about our Zoom events, our live events in 30 different chapters around the world, our social media presence, and our podcasts and YouTube stuff. You should know that everything we do is all towards a mission of converting passive interest in the histories and cultures of the Arab world into an active intellectual curiosity. By listening to this, you're a part of that movement, so thank you for being here. If you'd like to support our work, go to afikda.com support and join the hundreds of people around the world who make this work possible. Thanks.